Deep Talk, The Human Condition is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hey everybody and welcome. You're listening to episode 4 of Deep Talk, The Human Condition. My name is Nick Delaney and I'm the host of the show. On Deep Talk, I welcome a new guest every episode to share a story, emotion, or experience from their life. This talk could range anywhere from stressful situations, to a love story, or to fears of the future. Whatever it be, I invite you to picture yourself in the guest's shoes and to learn something about yourself and the people around you. And before we get into things, please listen until the very end of the episode because I have a special message for everyone about um, this episode's content in particular. To start things off, I would like to thank all of you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoy meeting the guests each episode and listening to what they have to say. Thank you to all of them for being a part of the Deep Talk family. And thank you to episode 4's special guest for being here today. I really appreciate your willingness and strength to share this powerful story with others. I'm very happy to have you as a part of the episode, so one more time, thank you and welcome. Very glad to be here. (laughs) How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I just started classes today. Yeah, we're both starting college classes, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure. You said you already had three classes today? Uh, Yeah, I had three classes today. Wow. I've just had one, and it already kind of drained the life out of me. Yeah, for sure. We'll see how this whole college thing goes for us. Um, So although Deep Talk's guests are anonymous, is there anything you'd like to share about yourself with the listeners? Um, I guess one thing is that uh, I'm a college freshman. That's really the only important part in tying my story to now. Thank you so much. So recently you came to me to share this story about a very good friend you had in high school named Jay, who passed away roughly a year ago. You let me know that you'd be willing to share you and Jay's story with others through this podcast. So to start off, how did you and Jay meet? Um, So, throughout high school, I was in marching band. Um, I was in the color guard, and she was in the pit percussion. So we didn't perform a lot with the regular band. It was more like um, group-based. So we met each other through there, and we spent a lot of time together since we were apart from the rest of the band. What caused you and Jay to make a connection? So both of us are a little shy, maybe like would like to be extroverted but are too shy to actually take that first step to get out there so when we met each other we clicked and connected because we both um, knew that we were shy and didn't want to push each other and we just enjoyed doing things together how close would you describe your friendship with jay at that time at that time we were really close Um, i didn't feel like i had a lot of friends because i was so shy um, But I did have her, so we were pretty close. We did most things together. Um, She actually set me up with a job, which was really cool. That's nice. So, yeah, we worked together for a little bit, but... How many friends did Jay have? Um, Neither of us were really very popular when it comes to, like, band. We had a couple friends in the band, but outside of that, not really any. You and her, that was, like, everything for you guys? Like, that was your friend life was just, you know, Jay and you? Yes, and a couple other, like, band friends that knew both of us. Okay. Did anything change in the friendship when she went away for college? And just a side note, Jay was um, 
a year older, right? Two years. Two years older. Yes. Okay. Um, so things did change a little bit. Obviously, we couldn't see each other as much. We still talked, but like near the end of the year-ish, it was still more like, and every now and then, hey, how you doing? Instead of like talking through each day. You mentioned beforehand that when Jay came back, she did have an illness. What illness was that? Yes, so when she came back from her first year at university, she had bacterial meningitis, um, which is the rarest and also most fatal form of meningitis. Um, so basically, it is bacteria that attacks uh, healthy cells in the brain, and it's very hard to diagnose because it actually, uh, the symptoms of bacterial meningitis are the same as the symptoms for like the flu or like a cold like that. So it's wow. very hard to decipher. So since the illness is very hard to catch and it's also very rare, how was that discovered and diagnosed in Jay? So when she came back, um, she was actually, she came back with like a headache. Like it was clear she had like the flu or something. So she spent a couple days at home where she was just resting and trying to get some fluids. Uh, and then uh, a couple days after that, she wasn't getting any better, so they went to the ER and they decided that maybe she just had really bad flu, something like that, uh, something along those lines. And she just got worse and worse and worse until she had to be in the ICU because she was unconscious. Um, so at that point, they had to run more tests and actually discovered at the last like couple days that she had bacterial meningitis. How did everybody react when... Uh, it was discovered that she had that. So um, when we were told, uh, it was very late and it was very sudden. So everyone was kind of surprised and didn't really know what it was. But we also knew that the survival rate for bacterial meningitis is very slim, especially since it's so much trauma on the brain, it'd be really hard to come back from. So I think everyone was really prepared for the worst when we heard it. How did the family react? versus how you reacted. So I think the family was more, not like more upset than I was, but it was more visually upset, like they were in there every day. And I went to see her, but it was still a little harder um, because I think I was kind of in like a shocked state where like I didn't want to believe that my best friend was, you know, going through something like this. So it was very hard and I think they reacted more in the moment than I did. How did the illness affect her physically and emotionally? So I know physically it took a lot out of her, at least when I went to visit her the couple times when she was in the hospital. Uh, she couldn't do anything. You can't get out, you're mostly unconscious. Um, and emotionally I didn't get to talk to her, so. So how did that go on to affect the friendship? At that point, there was no means of communication, and I felt kind of alone, like there wasn't anything to say, or like it should have been me kind of thing. Mm. So. You mentioned that Jay, her condition worsened, and later she um, had brain death. She was brain dead. What was it like to see her in that condition? It was really weird, if I'm being honest, because her whole body's functioning. Like, her heart's still beating, everything's still on, and she seems okay. It seems like she's just sleeping, or like she's still under anesthetic, but it was not the case, so it was, it was weird. It's like, oh, my friend's not coming back, but they're still alive. So that was really difficult. 
um, it's just, you know, they're lying in the bed, they're there and alive, but they're not really there. Is there anything you'd like to share with people about the subject of brain death? When it comes to brain death, I'd say talk to your family members about it at least once and ask them like their request if they ever are brain dead because some people want to be like kept on life support and like hopes of a miracle um, but some people don't so do ask your family ask your friends if they'd like to be kept on life support if they ever do experience brain death can you describe how jay passed so after a couple days of her being declared brain dead, um, her family decided that she wouldn't want to be attached to all the machines for the rest of her life, um, and she couldn't. There wasn't a possibility of her waking up. So um, I wasn't there when they did make the decision, um, but they did decide that she shouldn't be hooked to machines any longer. Did they decide that based on? what was said between them and Jay beforehand, or did they just decide that based on what they know of her? They decided that based on what they know of her and her personality, and um, we hadn't really had a formal discussion, but you know, sometimes here or there you'll say, like, I don't want to be hooked to machines kind of thing, or we used to watch Grey's Anatomy, I don't know if you ever watched that, but right. it was kind of a little discussion, like, don't let me do this to myself, like, if I'm ever brain dead, don't, you know. Was there anything else surrounding the decision to take Jay off of life support? Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, so at the time we were still in school, so I didn't get to be with her all of the time. I didn't see her family a whole lot. Um, so I'm not sure if there's anything else. Were you physically there when she was taken off of life support? I was not. I no. actually... Um, that day I had an AP exam and because I was feeling so detached and I didn't want to accept the fact that it was happening, I decided to go take my AP exam instead of going to be with her. Do you think you would have made the same decision if you could go back? No, I would not have. I think it was a bad decision. I understand where I was coming from in the moment where I knew that that would wreck me and um, it wouldn't be a fun experience but also I would have liked to be there for her family and for her other friends and her sister. How did the condition of Jay affect your personal life at that time? So at that time as I said the year was closing so it didn't affect schoolwork a whole lot but I did certainly isolate myself um, before I didn't have very many friends, but afterwards I really didn't have many friends because I just kind of shut people out because they didn't really understand what was going on. Because I seemed fine after it happened. Like, I seemed okay, and I think that's because I wanted to ignore the fact that she wasn't there. And I felt like maybe she was, a part of her was still with us. Um, so that affected friendships, relationships with family. I just kind of shut myself out for a while. And how does it affect you to this day? So to this day, I'm still a little hesitant about talking about it because a lot of people don't know, especially being a freshman in college, people don't know anyone who went to your high school. Um, so it's kind of difficult to like be dealing with something like that 
and it's also still so fresh. Uh, so it's hard to have bad days where you're really missing your friend when you haven't explained to someone else that you might be living with that, hey, sometimes these days happen because of this thing that I went through. So that happened at the end of your junior year in high school? Yes. How did it affect the rest of your senior year? Like, um, from that point to now, what happened in between? Okay. So, uh, through that summer, I really was very disconnected. I went through marching band still. I actually was drum major my senior year, so I did know a lot of people in the band. Um, And since Julia was in band, a lot of people understood what we were going through, and there was always someone there. So that aspect was really a lot easier my senior year. And then going through the year, we passed, like, her first, like, what would be her 21st birthday, um, which was, you know, a little hard because obviously you're thinking about her and some people don't understand. But it was definitely easier when I had people around me who understood what I was going through or what happened and some people who had the same problem, who knew her and were going through the same thing. Having been through a situation like this one, what is one thing you would like to share with people about friendship? Friendships are really complicated, inside and out. Um, And certainly you never know other people's friendships, other people's affairs with other people. Um, So certainly don't, you know, tell someone they're not as important as someone else. Um, Because after that happened, A lot of people would be walking through the halls like, oh man, I heard that girl died or something like that. And it was very hard to hear like people who didn't know her that were so upset by it and, you know, just talking about it like it was some something that just happened and not like someone who was so important to me. So that was certainly difficult. And there were also some people where I was like, oh, I didn't know you guys were friends and then I had something in common with them. So I just never judge anyone else outside of that and certainly always be there for your friends. How have you coped with the loss? I know it's not really a good way to cope, but I certainly shut myself out and uh, just went into more like band things because that was the thing we did together. So I focused on playing my instrument, I play the flute, Um, you know, just certainly distracted myself for a while, I guess. And, you know, talking about it helps. Like telling people, hey, I'm really missing her today. Um, You know, it helps because then people know what's going on in your head and they know how to help you, so. What would you say has been the healthiest coping mechanism? So the healthiest coping mechanism is definitely talking with it with my mom. I know sometimes talking to parents about emotional problems is hard or people don't want to do it, but um, that was really helpful. I actually learned through that that my mom experienced the same thing. She had a friend in high school who also passed away, and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone to her and talked with her. And she actually was the one who went with me to the funeral and all of the other stuff, and it was really important to have her there with me. So that was certainly the healthiest, was talking to my mom and 
helping her understand what I was going through was really helpful. Could you describe your mom's story more? Um, so actually, I don't know much of the story, but I do know it was similar to mine. Uh, they were newer in high school, um, and I'm not sure if they were as close. I didn't ask too much, but I do know that she was a sophomore in high school, I think, when her friend passed away, and I believe that she passed away in a car crash. And what has been the unhealthiest coping mechanism for you? My unhealthiest coping mechanism is for sure shutting people out. Um, just doing my own thing because it's really easy when you're having a bad day to just let it be a bad day and just right. sit in your room and just be sad. So I, after a while I knew it was a bad coping mechanism but I didn't want to do anything about it because I was okay with just sulking in my room and being sad about it and not talking to anyone because it was just easier and that's why I lost a lot of mutual friends because they wanted to talk about it but I didn't. How have you changed that habit in your life? Um, I've certainly changed it uh, to where I'm more willing to talk to people whether it's when I'm upset or not. I'm a little more outgoing because I really need to be able to depend on other people because when you depend on just one person it's really hard if you lose that person through death or another circumstance like they leave something like that um, so I've definitely learned to be more outgoing and being okay with expressing your feelings to other people even if you don't want to or if it's uncomfortable because it's good it's okay to be vulnerable and talk to people on bad days where do you draw the courage from to be vulnerable and to go to someone to talk about it definitely from her 100 percent she pushed me out of my comfort zone we did that to each other we were both shy and we wanted to stay shy but we pushed each other to do things we pushed each other to get our first jobs we pushed each other to meet other people and to be outgoing it's like oh you met this person well then i'll go meet this other person and we can introduce ourselves and be okay with being uncomfortable what do you believe about jade today I believe that she would be proud of me, um, especially with all the friends that I've been trying to make recently since we just moved in to university um, and we're first year students, it's kind of hard to make friends. Um, but I think she'd be proud of all the work that I've put in to make friends and to talk to people. Um, even doing this podcast, mm -hmm. I know she'd be proud of me because I don't talk about it very often, um, but it's good to get out there. and make friends and sometimes talk about it because sometimes you do need help and it's okay to admit that. Um, I think she would be proud of me and you know I know she's always there with me somewhere. Where do you see her in your life? So I see her still with me um, on like lonely nights you know we've been here and uh, you get homesick pretty easy and it's good to know that she's with me, she's there. Uh, it comes at the most randomest of moments. I could be on the field for marching band and I'm like, oh, Julia, cool. Um, I could be in class and I'll be like, man, Julia would love this subject, this thing we're talking about. Um, I think she knows. I think she's, <laughs> yeah. I think she's in my head, she knows. Um, but yeah, she's certainly there most of the time. It's just like whether she's whispering to me or shouting. <laughs> Well, that's really sweet, um, and I'm really happy that, you know, this podcast 
it makes her proud of you. Um, I'm really glad it gives you that opportunity. And thank you for sharing that because that really means a lot to me too. And I'm glad that it means so much to you and uh, Jay. What is one thing you would like listeners to take away from this episode? One thing I'd like for people to take away is that it's okay um, to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about things and don't be too shy because you'll limit yourself and then it's hard to get out of that habit. Um, I was really good at having a select few friends and being okay with that and after a while they were all gone. Uh, I felt like with Julia they left me too uh, which was very hard so by not restricting myself to a certain group of people or certain friends and certainly putting myself out there it'll be a lot easier to go through little things like going through college is a big change so having people there with you that you can talk to is very helpful and it's okay to be uncomfortable. Can you tell us more about Jay and her personality and like some of the interests she had? Yeah, of course. Uh, so she was really bubbly. She <laughs> was very outgoing. Not really outgoing, but for a band kid, she was yeah. outgoing. <laughs> She'd talk to all the band kids. Everyone knew who she was. Um, she was fun, quirky. She, uh, we watched Grey's Anatomy together. Uh, we worked together. We actually worked at McDonald's. I'm going to say That's that. That's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, she loved flowers, and she was a really good artist. She drew things, she'd draw things on paper, you know, like sketch them on the back of a test, something like that. Um, she was very artistic and really talented. Uh, she played marimba, so she was really good at that. And she was really welcoming. Mm. She was really good at like being warm and understanding and empathetic. Sometimes I struggle with being empathetic for other people, uh, because I'm so good at closing myself off. So she was really good at understanding what's going on with other people and giving advice, helping them, you know, be more comfortable. How did you finally break the barrier of being closed off? Um, actually, I think it was around the end of my senior year marching band, which is around early November. I realized that there's a world of people out there that have gone through similar things, that have lost family members, friends, and that it's okay to talk about it and be okay with it. And other people will understand. People aren't going to judge you because you're sad about something. Uh, and I think that was a really key part. And I had a counselor at my high school that really helped me with that. Uh, I would never have even thought to going to a counseling service in a school until something like that happened. and. The counselor actually came to the band room and talked to all of the band kids since we kind of knew her. And she said, I know that I'm not specifically your counselor because we did it alph alphabetically. Right. Um, she said, I know I'm not your specific counselor, but if you need help or you need to talk about it, like, come see me. So I did, and she was really sweet. She helped me through a lot. And that right there helps me realize that it's okay to go out and, you know, talk to other people with similar experiences, like my mom. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Be friendly. 
Um, when you see people, it's really easy to make people feel like they're nothing or like you don't care about them by putting your head down when you walk past them. And that, uh, after going through something like that, is really hard because then you feel like you don't matter to anyone else and that you did matter to that one person. So it's really hard to get yourself back out there after something like that happens. So just be kind to other people, like make an effort, like put yourself out there, be okay with, you know, talking to other people and making new friends because it is okay to make new friends. Right. You should. Yeah. And we, we're at the time of our lives where it's like, there's so many friends to make and it's just amazing meeting all these new people. So thank you so much for sharing you and Jay's story with so many people. I believe that this story will find a special place in the hearts of many. And I think and what I think is especially beautiful is how you're offering people a new perspective on life and friendship. Um, I know that Jay is so proud of you, and that makes me like very happy to see. I, I wish I could have met her. She seems like a beautiful person. Uh, thank you for having me. I was really glad to be able to share the story, because I'm sure it'll help people that are maybe harboring things in their own mind that maybe they'll go out and talk to someone. So thank you so much for having me and for giving me this opportunity to share. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get ready for some deep talk. Hey again, everyone. Thank you so much for making sure to listen to the end to hear this important message. So as all of you know, Deep Talk is still a very new podcast. It's a little baby. And this is only its fourth episode, so it has a lot of room to grow. And with that being said, there are still so many stories and topics that haven't been on the show yet. A lot of these stories and topics are bound to include and center around very serious subjects, such as this episode. Having a topic like death, this episode was definitely something new for me and the show. I'm very thankful to episode four's guest for having the courage to come to me with this story. And with this subject being a first, I want to revisit what Deep Talk really is because as I host these episodes more and more, I really get to discover new things about it. After this episode, I really am starting to see Deep Talk as a platform that people can come to if they'd like to communicate a story, emotion, experience, or piece of advice to others. For me, seeing Deep Talk as a platform is different from before because it breaks down this interviewee-interviewer type dynamic that can oftentimes be just impersonal or insensitive, and I really don't want that in the show. I want human connections and sympathy and empathy just in our show with so much emotion. And I think that it helps to mention that as host, my goal with Deep Talk episodes is not to try and solve the guest situation because I'm just simply not qualified to do that. As I mentioned in episode zero, I'm not Dr. Phil, um, but I am here as a platform for the guest and I will help them personally if need be. I would like to thank everyone again for listening. It really means a lot starting out, and I hope that you've all been enjoying being able to hear so many people's different stories. Do you have a personal story or experience that you'd like to share on Deep Talk? Reach out by messaging the podcast via our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepTalkTHC. Recordings can be most conveniently organized in the Newport News, Virginia Beach area or in the Northern Virginia area. Remember, all stories are welcome and they are as anonymous as you'd like. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our musical theme is Gone by Elfint, and that's spelled E-L-P-H-N-T, 
And our cover art is by Luke Dimas, who can be reached at void.mp3 on Instagram. Stay tuned for the next episode of Deep Talk by checking out our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Deep Talk THC. That's Deep Talk THC. Thank you.